As a parent, there are times when something happens and you want to say, I know how to handle this, but deep inside, you have the sense that God wants you to do something other than what you're feeling. I'm John Fuller, joined by my focus colleague, Dr. Danny Huerta. And Danny, I'm sure like all of us, you faced that kind of scenario where the gut said this and the kind of the spirit said, well, wait. Yeah, you know, there's so many of those where you think, okay, I want to... I remember this one time. I, this is a perfect example. I was, we were in a hurry. I didn't want to uh, bring back the the change that I was supposed to with this uh, clerk. They gave me the wrong change. Oh. It was going to take some time. It would end up benefiting us. I think it was two dollars or three dollars. And my kids saw that and knew that. I was going, Lord, I just don't have time. I'll, I'll figure out a way to get the three some you know some other way. And I could see it, and God was just nudging me and saying, no, this is such an important lesson for your kids to watch you be honest in the little things. Because when you're honest in the little things, you're faithful in the big things, and you've told them that. And here's your opportunity to model that, mm-hmm. even though it's the most inconvenient time. And I felt that nudging. I was going, oh, that's just my God. Maybe it's the food. <laughs> I got, really, do I need to do that? And then... I looked at the kids, and we were starting to take off in the car. So I was going, no, no, no I just got to – and then I turned around. They said, where are we going, Dad? Well, we got to go back in. We really – I can't do it this way. This is not right. It's not honest. We talk about this. God's nudging me. And so I felt that, and I got to listen to him. Mm. It was powerful. It was a powerful moment. Very thankful I did that. And there's those nudges sometimes where your flesh is saying, just, okay, no, 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 you'll, you, you can do that lesson another time. Take those moments, that day, that moment to give the lesson. God invites us into those opportunities where kids are kids are watching mm. what we're doing. I appreciate that. That really is a powerful illustration. And uh, last time Jim Daly spoke with David Kinman and Mark Matlock, and both of them shared in previous episodes about how their daughters chose to go to, let's call them very non-religious schools. And uh, here's more from that conversation. We've set the groundwork. We're just at the end of the program here. I want to mention uh, the five practices that those 10%, that resilient uh, disciples possess. And we're only going to have time to cover one of the five today. But what are the five and what is the first one in more detail? So the five themes that we found that were true of resilient disciples. And when you look at these five themes compared to the other profiles, there's a huge difference. There's a huge gap between them. It's not just a minor difference. Like, right. significant. Oh, it's significant. And yeah. it's, it really is remarkable, especially between the habituals and the resilience, because they're going to church with about the same frequency, but they're having really different experiences. Yeah. So uh, the first one is experiencing Jesus. The second is uh, meaningful relationships. The third is cultural discernment. The fourth is vocational discipleship. And the fifth is living in countercultural mission. Hmm. So those are the five kind of practices that we saw in those resilience. Yeah, and let's get into the first one. Let's experiencing Jesus. What does that mean to those ten percent? Well, and just to put a, a little coda to the description there is that um, what we learn is that you know trying to develop resilience isn't as simple as do these three or four things, right. but it's a it's almost like guidelines and guardrails. These five themes. The more of it you do 
the more resilient your faith is. As yeah, you this said, is brilliant. At the very beginning of the program, you sort of said, you know, this isn't just about discipling young people. It is that, but it's also about how we can be more resilient in our own digital lives and our discipleship with Jesus. So experiencing Jesus, as a researcher, one of the most remarkable facts that most people overlook is that seven out of 10 Americans say they've made a commitment to Jesus that is still important in their life. And it's just, I remember just absolutely stumbling on that data in my early years at Barna. Mm -hmm. And so I've been on a 25 year quest to understand like, what does it really mean to follow Jesus when virtually everyone, seven out of 10 Americans say they do. Right. And so what we find in this study is this idea of clearing the religious clutter um, there are things that we do that have sort of lost their meaning or have lost their meaning in the lives of the discipleship process that we're intending to have for people. So how do we help people root their identity, not in you know their gender or their the, the team that they root for or their favorite outdoor brand, but in, in who Jesus is and what he says about us? And so we find that's just actually a really rare thing. And most people say, yeah, I've got the Jesus t-shirt, but I don't actually really love him. I don't hear him speak to me in a real and personal way. So, you know, one great example of how we as parents and others can influence uh, this next generation is just asking the Lord to speak to us and demonstrating this notion of, of our lives being open to the Lord's leading. And I, you know, tell this story of, of Emily and I, it was like, you're not going to UC Berkeley. You're not going to UC Berkeley. And it was like, okay, well, let's just ask God what he thinks. And so... <laughs> was that her saying that? Yeah, exactly. Oh. And so, <laughs> I love it. So, you know, the over a period of several weeks, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to really ask you for your wisdom. And there were like seven things that were really miraculous as the Lord showed me. And I just wept when I sort of was like, this is actually where God wants my daughter to go. And so we have to demonstrate that um, an actual trust that a real God is speaking to us as parents. And it's not about controlling our kids, about you know influencing them towards Jesus, but that might actually be about more influencing us as their parents yeah. than it is about them. So this idea of allowing God to speak into our lives, that's a good example of experiencing Jesus. Well, and I want to jump in because what it demonstrates is humility, which the scripture is so precise on that pride kills us in so many endeavors, whether it's our business or vocational efforts or our parenting. And what a beautiful example as a parent of being humble and listening to Emily, your child, say, Dad, let's let's pray about it. Let's talk to the Lord about it and see if he agrees that it'd be okay for me to go to Berkeley. <laughs> I mean that I could there's two ways you go at that point. You either humble yourself or you dig in with prideful parenting and say, no. I know what's best for you. I know that's not going to be a good environment. You're not going to go. And the Lord's saying, whoa, whoa, back up. Do you trust me? And I think about the faithful decision we made then because it was not easy and uh, dropping off Emily at school. And, you know, she's an amazing kid, um, but it's a uh, more than a kid. She's a young lady now and I just admire her so much. But I think yeah. about the the week before we dropped her off and a little bit of a personal story for us is that my wife's been struggling with brain cancer for three years. And, and she had just come through some surgeries that summer, was really having a hard time keeping track of just details. And, yeah. and the, the most lucid moment that my wife had was praying for her daughter to go to Berkeley mm -hmm. uh, the, the weekend before we dropped her off yeah. um, during that stretch of time. And so it was a, it's pretty amazing the, the way God's faithfulness shows up when we do choose to uh, allow him to speak into our lives and then we're obedient to that. You know, Danny, I loved what they said about uh, seeking God in those circumstances where you could go one way, but maybe God has something else. 
So what have you found are some ways that God does speak to us about decisions in our parenting? You mentioned earlier that you felt God nudging you. What was that like? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pretty clear—you have a conscience— that is a nudge, but then there's a little bit beyond that where you almost feel a voice just speaking inside your soul, hmm. and you know, okay, I need to listen to this even though I don't want to. Uh, in our new resource, Built for Resilience, that's going to be coming out in August for the church, we talk about five foundational elements, and one of them is a humble heart. A humble heart allows for teachability. And that's that. It, it comes from the word humus, right? So the, the right dirt for uh, nutrients to penetrate the soil and create a deep rootedness. A humble heart. Only we know if we're bringing a humble heart to the table or not. And then prayer, uh, reading scripture out loud, that really can speak into the depths of your soul. If I see myself as a child of Christ, I see the world differently. I don't need people's approval. I don't need their affirmation. I, as a child of God, I get to freely give life mm. because of God in me. And then the other one is rest and balance. If I'm balanced and I'm in rest, I can be still in order to listen to God. All five of those are very difficult, mm. yet they're doable. And we need to step into that if we're going to have God uh, penetrate into our soul and, and the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Excellent. I'm I'm really glad to hear this. What's the name of that resource? Built for Resilience. Okay. Well, look for links to that, although it's not yet available, but maybe you can learn more about it uh, in the show notes. And uh, we'll also have a link to a free download of the entire conversation with David Kinneman and Mark Matlock. And then, of course, uh, we would invite you to participate in the ministry of Focus on the Family. Uh, Support us financially as you can. Consider making a monthly pledge or a one-time gift of any amount today. And when you do, we'll send a copy of their book, Faith for Exiles. Again, just see the show notes to find the link for that and other resources. Next time, Jody Burnt uh, joins us to share how you can pray for a struggling child. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. In light of the Supreme Court's recent decision on abortion, are you ready for what comes next? And how should we respond as emotions run high? As Christians, we need to be ready. Focus on the Family can help you prepare. Join us every Monday to hear inspiring stories from people who faced their own pro-life moments and experienced God's love. To learn more, go to FocusOnTheFamily.com slash SeizureMoment. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com slash SeizureMoment.